0: Health Fuels Hustle, a podcast for business owners looking to create their own brand of work-life balance. This podcast is for creatives looking to improve their health naturally and funnel that energy into the work they live and love. I'm your host, Amy Koretsky, an acupuncturist, herbalist, and health coach for creatives. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Health Feels Hustle. Before I get into the super amazing interview that I want to share with you today, I wanted to take a second and remind you that there's about, I think one or two more days to sign up for my Embodying the Tarot with Breathwork series. Um, if you're listening to this on Thursday when this interview is being released, then um, there's about 24 to 36 hours left to sign up. I think I'm going to be closing the cart for this probably on Friday night. Um, and for those of you that aren't sure what this is, uh, Embodying the Tarot with Breathwork is a series of four virtual breathwork groups where I want to really facilitate conversation around um, connections with These archetypes, so it's going to be the first four archetypes of the tarot the fool, the magician, the high priestess, and the empress. And we're going to do that through breathwork. Um, I know that some of these archetypes can be difficult to relate to in different ways or another, um, whether or not it's out of fear or out of um, past trauma through these archetypes. And breathwork is such a Beautiful tool, in my opinion, to really connect with our own inner wisdom around these archetypes, connect with um, ancestral wisdom around these archetypes, connect to the archetype itself, uh, rebuild and restabilize and heal relationships with these archetypes. So my intention is basically to be an opportunity for all of us to connect and understand with these four archetypes in a more like healing and supportive way. Um, note that this is not a tarot class. I'm not going to be teaching about each card. This is really for folks who already have a relationship with the cards and is meant to be an opportunity to kind of deepen and expand that relationship with breathwork. So it's going to be every Sunday in June, um, from seven to 9 PM central standard time. We're doing it on zoom, which means you can really join from basically anywhere in the world. And, uh, yeah, if you want to find out more, you can at my website, it's amy and it's under the events page. So from there, I'm really excited to share with you the interview that I have today um, with Raven. Raven Rose is an herbalist, a fourth-generation tarot reader, and a spiritual healer with a focus on menstrual health and hormonal balance. In her quest to heal herself from endometriosis, Raven studied nutrition, herbalism, tarot, and womb massage. Throughout her healing process, she worked with the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of healing. She's worked as a personal chef, started a water kefir brewery, and now has a healing practice in Denver, Colorado. In her practice, she incorporates herbalism, massage, tarot, past life work, and ancestor work. Raven's practice is a reflection of her belief in healing the physical and spiritual bodies as one. This is such a beautiful interview. Um, Raven shared with me like so many things that um, I've never heard about before. We talk about uh, can't combo medicine um which is really interesting and i had no clue about it um we talk about um really weaving together the spiritual practice of her work with her more like clinical work and i really wanted to interview her because as a practitioner myself that tries blending both the clinical and the spiritual um i really admire how she's been able to do that in her work so with that, uh, we're going to go forward and have you listen to this interview. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm really excited to have our guest here today. So I've got Raven Rose on the phone. And Raven is someone um, who you probably just heard me talk about her official bio in the intro. But Raven's someone that I've followed on Instagram for a while and had the pleasure of. Um, like buying one of her offerings recently and really loved it. And she's someone that I think does a really great job of weaving together like the clinical aspects of healing along with the mystical aspects of healing. And so I really wanted to bring her on the podcast today and like have a conversation with her about all this. So Raven, um, do you mind just taking a moment to introduce yourself a little bit and a little bit about what you do? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, So my name is Raven and I am a, I consider myself a medicine woman because I work with um, plants and herbs, uh, but I also work with a lot of the spiritual aspects surrounding healing. And I got into healing uh, when I had to heal myself of endometriosis I had horrible horrible pain with my cycles to the point where I couldn't move and I was throwing up and um, life was just pretty miserable and I decided to heal myself because I um, unfortunately almost um, had kidney failure because of the birth control pill that I was put on to deal with pain so I um, I went on a journey to heal myself and I started out with just diet and meditation and I started to dig deeper as I um, got better and got into herbs. And I had one night where I had gotten so much better. I was down to like two days of pain a month from 10 days. And I, um, I had a really bad cycle and I was in so much pain. I, I, I thought that I had been cursed and once I started to feel better like the next day I that that idea of this being a spiritual um, illness as well kind of stuck with me and I started looking into past lives and I um, went into a few of my own past lives and discovered some things that were connected to uh, womb trauma so I worked on healing those and then I also um started doing a lot more dream work and connecting with my ancestors through dreams and got some guidance on, um, herbs that I should be working with. And, um, when I found my herbal program, um, I literally, I found my herbal program and the next day I had already put in my, um, my notice to the landlord that I was with at the time that I was moving and going to study herbs. I was, um, I had a lot of um, ancestral support at that time with my grandmother guiding me, so I knew I was on the right path. And ever since then, I've just been working on healing and studying um, like uterine massage and getting deeper into past life work and ancestor work and herbs.
0: I love that so much. Um, when you first started, you know, you said that that you went from having like ten days of pain a month to down to two days of pain. And was that before mm-hmm. your you like started your herbal program? And were you just kind of like self taught at this time and just experimenting with different things, or how did that sort of start yep. for you?
1: Exactly, I was. Um, I did all of that on my own um, with diet, um, herbs, and also just meditation and changing my my movement practices and how I was working out. Um, I used to be a really big runner and uh, I still love to run but I don't run as much as I used to because I I figured out that it had too much of an impact on my hormones and my stress hormones also and then um, I got to that point where I was at two days of pain and I was like okay I've, I've learned a lot I think I need to get I really need to, like, make a commitment and dive deeper into it, and that's when I decided to go to herb school.
0: I love that so much. I feel like there's a lot of – like symmetry in our paths in a lot of ways so I um, have autoimmune disease I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in like 2004 now at this point and um, was on all sorts of like terrible medications for years that caused all sorts of terrible side effects and I was having to go into the hospital all the time and um, food was really the first thing that I really made a serious like change and commitment to before I was even in like acupuncture school and really um, had more of a traditional like herbalist uh, education. And I find that food is just like so important and for so many people, or at least so many. Um, doctors and more of like a Western medical sphere, they, they really put it on the back burner and they don't put any focus on it. And I feel like that's the first place that everyone um, could really benefit from starting with.
1: Absolutely. I totally totally agree. Um, I've spoken to so many people. I mean, even before my herb school training, and I would talk to them about my healing process. And I suggested just making little changes to the diet and see what happens. And I mean, people are like getting rid of migraine headaches and getting rid of like arthritis pain and things like that, just from changing the diet. It's really, really important.
0: Um, I was looking at one of your blog posts recently of a, so Raven has a wonderful blog post, all like really going in depth about her endometriosis diet. And I, Um, it's really interesting because some of the foods that you talk about on there that you eliminated, like, make a lot of sense. And there's a lot of, you know, research out there and people talking about it. Things like taking out gluten and sugar and dairy and whatnot. But then there's some, like, surprising foods in there that I really loved reading about. Like, um, you mentioned that cashews was something that was doing a lot of, like, triggering symptoms for you. And I find it so interesting because, like, I've gotten – I'm now – I think eight years off of any sort of pharmaceuticals and I'm like just use herbs and acupuncture when I have symptoms, which isn't really all that often anymore. And only recently I've been having some symptoms pop up again. And I'm just kind of trying to, like you said, experiment and like see what's, what might be triggering things. And I've already like taken out the gluten and I like don't really do much alcohol or sugar or anything. And cashews are something for me recently where I'm like, I really think that it's like all this cashew cheese and like cashew nut milk. Mm -hmm stuff mm-hmm. that I've been eating lately and that's really starting to trigger things for me.
1: Wow, yeah, it's, it's interesting because cashews have an, an impact on, um, it's called like the PG1 um, hormone and it's, it causes the body to have a pain response. So basically it increases your, bil- your body's ability to have um, pain, to feel pain. Um, and that was something that I, I love cashews. It was so hard for me to get over them because they're so good. They're so good. I used to roast them with this, um, this Ethiopian seasoning and I just like eat them all the time. And then I realized that I just, they were just causing me way too much pain.
0: It's so disappointing when stuff like that happens. How did you deal with that? Like emotionally I mean because as someone myself that I feel like I've had to cut a lot of things out of my diet I feel like there's Mm a there's um you know that like sort of childhood memories around certain foods and like you know patients all Mm -hmm. the time will say like oh well I'm from Wisconsin I can't give up dairy and beer (laughs) you know like so something (laughs) like that can be so hard from even like an emotional perspective on top of like our physical cravings Mm -hmm.
1: I think it's important to still allow yourself things that are at least reminiscent of those foods. Um, for example, like I make myself pancakes all the time, but I just don't make them with, um, you know, gluten, uh, based mixes. I make them with like oats and hemp seeds and they're amazing and delicious. Um, and then also like, um, there's so many great alternatives out there that, can fill that gap a little bit and allow you to like go through the healing process and I feel like once you really get on a good track with your healing and you're feeling much better and your gut is healed then you can every once in a while go back to those foods if you really want to but I feel like once you get to a certain point there's no there's really no turning back because you just feel so great and you know you don't really miss it that much anymore.
0: I agree with that in the sense of like, there's certain foods where I was like, okay, I've eliminated them, Um, you know, maybe eventually I can like bring them back every once in a while. But I found that also, even though eliminating them really like eliminated a lot of my symptoms and like you know, allowed me to do some of that deep healing on the gut lining that needed to be done. I also kind of feel like it increased my sensitivity to them. So now when I do get exposed to them, the symptoms that I get are like that much worse, which is kind of frustrating at times. But, um, but at the same time, I'm just kind of let it roll off my shoulders and I'm just saying, okay, well, I just don't eat that anymore. It's just not part of my diet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then like, um, one thing that I love—it's an alternative to, like, drinking beer or alcohol—is to have uh, water kefir, and I think we'll probably talk about this in a few. But um,
0: let's talk about it now. <laughs> okay. Well, can I? Can uh, I? So share really quickly that I'm secretly super excited to talk about this because I have had a package of like water kefir grains in my cabinet in my kitchen for over a year and I keep meaning to make it and I'm someone that makes kombucha all the time and I'm like pretty used to doing like fermented foods we make sauerkraut at home but literally this packet of water kefir grains has just been sitting in the back of the cabinet forever and I'm like oh I'm gonna talk to Raven about this and then I'm gonna get inspired and go downstairs and make some water water kefir. So tell me all about it. Like, what is it? What is it beneficial for? Like, what do you, how do you like to make it?
1: Yeah. So, um, water kefir is a really amazing living probiotic drink that you can brew at home. Um, it has between like 26 and 32 different strains of bacteria and yeast. Um, it's really great, um, source of like amino acids, um, it tastes amazing, and I love that it's just—it's um, a naturally fermented beverage. That um, when you make it, it just—it just nourishes your 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 gut. And um, for me, I'm really sensitive to dairy. Um, and every once in a while, I'll go out and eat at a restaurant, and somehow there's some dairy snuck in snuck in and. Um, I'll experience like horrible, um, gas and bloating. And if I have a glass of water kefir at night and a glass in the morning, I am better within 24 hours. Whereas if I don't have it, it takes me at least like three weeks to recover from that little bit of dairy. Um, so it's an amazing, amazing probiotic and gut healer.
0: If someone out here listening is, like, really used to kombucha and, like, making kombucha, how similar is it in, like, making it or dissimilar or anything like that?
1: So the process of making water kefir is much faster than um, kombucha. Kombucha, I think, it's like a – is it like a two-week process?
0: Yeah, it, depending I upon like, the temperature a- of, like, your room and how hot it is where you're making it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, with water kefir, it takes about – for both the first fermentation and the second fermentation, the total brewing time is about four days. So it takes less than a week for you to have a full batch of, uh, water kefir. And I used to act, I actually started a business brewing water kefir cause I, I was brewing it and sharing it with friends and family and they really loved it. And so I started bottling it and, um, People really, really enjoyed it. I actually had um, someone come up to me, and uh, when I was at a farmer's market one day, and he bought this bottle of, of water kefir. And the next week, he comes back and he's like, "So, so does this help you with you know going to the bathroom?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it'll you know it'll get your digestion going." And he's like you know, I went to the health food store and I spent hundreds of dollars. They sold me hundreds of dollars of things for my, for my gut and nothing has helped me the way this did. And that just made me feel so amazing to be able to like help someone with getting back on track. And what I love about it is that it's so easy to brew at home and it's so affordable and you don't need very much at all to, to get it going.
0: That's so cool. So do you, so, do you teach other people how to make it now since you don't have your own business and you're not like bottling it and selling it at markets and whatnot?
1: I do actually um I just taught a class last week at the Denver botanic Gardens on um on how to brew your own herbal water kefir because i I like to add fruit and herbs to mine um so one of my favorites is like um strawberry and basil, and I also really love one that with rose pear and ginger. They are like my absolute favorites.
0: That sounds so good. (laughs) Do you use like the fresh fruit then as well?
1: I do. Yeah. I use fresh fruit. Sometimes I'll use frozen fruit, but I try and just use fresh, um, or even dried fruit works as well. And when I was living in Florida, I, I mean, I had like passion fruit and mangoes and all of these like amazing tropical fruits and, um, lots of herbs to pull from and you can just put everything into your brew. And it, it's, it's, um, it's nice because the, the probiotic actually predigests the, um, the plant matter so that you're getting something that's like ready for your body to fully assimilate and work with.
0: I think that's so important because for so many people that do have like digestive issues, like in Chinese medicine, we say if your like spleen, chi is weak that, um, you know, raw fruits and vegetables are usually not the best for you because there's not enough spleen qi to really like break everything down and transform it. And having that probiotics in there is like you said, it's that like pre digestive function where it really breaks things down and makes it easier to take in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then also, there's no caffeine, which is nice for people who are sensitive to caffeine, um, which is one big difference from kombucha for me. And then also the flavor. Yeah, what is the flavor like? (laughs) It's um, well, I like to do this thing where I, I I'll make my brew, and after it's done fermenting, I'll bottle it and leave it in the fridge for like a week. And the flavor is just so crisp and so refined. It's almost like um, my dad compared it to like a bottle of fine champagne.
0: That's what I was just just thinking when you were describing
1: it. Yeah, it's like it's just nice and crisp. It has that natural effervescence. And um, actually, one person who bought a bottle when I was um, brewing, she said, she took a sip of it and she's like, "Does this I just feel so happy. Does this make you happy?"
0: Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. That's- yeah, <laughs> it was pretty amazing. So, like, I I love vinegar, which is one of the reasons that I really love kombucha. Like, that tang is something that I really crave. But I know a lot of people out there are really, you know, they don't like kombucha because it's so vinegary and so assertive in that way. Is water kefir a little bit, like, gentler? Or does it still have that, like, tang that a fermented beverage has?
1: It's much gentler than kombucha. Um It has a very slight tang, but you really, um, once you add fruit and herbs to it, you don't really notice that at all anymore. Um, And then one thing that you can actually do with water kefir is in the second fermentation, you can add, um, you can like double up on the fruit and let it ferment for a little bit longer and it'll actually turn into like an herbal cider. Um, so it's a nice alternative to, you know, having alcohol, it has a a slight alcohol content. So you're getting a little bit, but it's not, um, as much as, you know, a a beer or something like that, but you're also getting the herbs and the fruit and everything else. So I really
0: love that. I mean, as somebody myself, who's really trying to cut back on our alcohol consumption and I'll go like a month here and a month there without drinking at all. And then maybe I'll have a couple, drinks if we are on vacation or something, but um, it's nice to have something that is still like fun to drink as opposed to just like an iced tea when you go, when you like have friends over for a barbecue or something. So that sounds like a really nice, like non-alcoholic, like party cocktail.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, you can add like your garnishes to it and you can even add a little bit of um. Like you can make a strong brew of like a rose tea or something, and blend those two together, and it's
0: really really nice. You can tell that you have a um, like a history of being a personal chef because your flavor profiles sound amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so
0: tell me a little bit about like you know the transition from you know running a personal chef business and then like this water kefir business to then packing up your bags, moving to Denver, learning all about herbalism. And now you have this business called Moon Medicines. And, and so it's, you know, your, the name, you know, it implies that there's more than just herbs, that there is this like kind of more mystical quality to it. So can you kind of just dive into that a little bit and explain to us what that's all about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess, you know, throughout my whole healing process, everything that I was learning and absorbing and applying to myself. And, um, anytime I would see these changes, I wanted to share it. And, um, fortunately, all the things that I learned, I, I have like a natural knack for like, uh, cooking is, um, I mean, I grew up in a home where I had home cooked meals all the time and I learned to cook at a pretty young age. And then, um, I just have always been the type of person to, when I try something or when I experience something, I always want to try it myself. Um, So that's kind of how I got into the, the brewing and all of that. And throughout my healing process, I was learning a lot. And at the same time, my overcoming the severe pain that I was having was a big central focus. So even though I had these great things that had that I cultivated and developed, I knew that, you know, stopping with cooking or stopping with brewing was not, um, not the right place. And because of my connection to my ancestors and allowing myself to just, um, trust my, the spiritual guidance, um, that kind of, I mean, it was very easy for me to just pack up and, and go and continue on the journey. And, um, now with my practice, it's it's really nice because I, I include all of those things. When, when I work with someone, I like to, we go over the diet, we go over gut health, and I even um, send people home with uh, their own starter culture of water kefir so that they can start brewing on their own. And we'll talk about herbs, and we'll talk about Looking at the things that could be stored in the womb that have to do with like um, emotional or spiritual trauma, and um, so it's all it's all intertwined and integrated with the moon medicine practice. And moon medicine is really about um, it's about a connection to the womb. Um, like the moon cycle is 28 and a half days, and the menstrual cycle is about the same length of time. And a lot of times, our well, we bleed on either the new moon or the full moon, and the moon is also very much connected to hormones, and it's uh, very much a water energy. And we think about like the the blood that we shed and um, the emotions that come up before you know before our cycle starts. Um, it's all very much connected to that moon energy and. Um, so the the whole practice is everything that you need to heal your womb space.
0: Yeah. And I feel like there's so much, we hold so much in our wombs, um, Emotionally, you know, as uh, as a breathwork practitioner, I'm working with that sort of like second, third chakra area a lot, and all the things that we store in there, which is like in the area of the womb. And I've really found that we just hold so much of our emotions because in I mean, I don't know if this is just an our day and age sort of thing or if historically over time it's always been like this. But when we don't want to process and really, like, lean into our difficult emotions, we just tend to consume more things so that it pushes those emotions, like, further and further down. So we'll, like, consume food or we'll consume, um, you know, education or we'll consume technology or social media. And so we're just, like, consuming things and pushing things further and further down into that, like, womb space space or that area of the body that lower gut and um, it really gets like bogged up and clogged down and um, really clearing some of that not just like inflammation stagnation that more like physical stagnation but also that energetic or like emotional stagnation I feel like is so imperative when we're doing any sort of healing of the like torso or of that part of the body
1: absolutely um and that's where a lot of self-care comes in also with um i i offer a womb massage and a lot of times it's it's physical it's physical healing but also it helps to release stored emotions and um and trauma and those kinds of things and what i love is that it's something that Even when people come to me for massage, I teach them how to do it at home. That way you can keep up with this whole healing process. And if emotions want to come out during that massage, you can let them out. Um, And I think that's really, really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I found that – I'm sure you found this too, but – that emotional release is like such a large part of the therapeutic process. And so really like creating this safe space or a a feeling of safety um, with clients so that they can have that like cathartic release. Um, You know, I know for myself, when I've gone through periods of like deeper healing in my own gut, it's usually coincides with some sort of emotional or like cathartic release.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also, um, yoni steaming, vaginal steaming is really great for that release also. It helps us to shed old layers of the uterine lining. So it's that physical, but also it's a really nice spiritual practice for letting go of the things that um, just have been pushed down, like you said, and need to be released so that we can step back into our ability to create. And I feel like a lot of this is connected to us kind of having to, there's so much limitation around who we are and how we express ourselves. And connecting to the womb space, I think helps us to reconnect to who we are and the gifts that we have. And by releasing those old stored traumas and emotions, we can start to like express ourselves more fully. And I think that's really important in, especially right now, it's really, really important for us to be able to express ourselves and our creativity and the things that we, the gifts that we have that we should be sharing.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That's beautiful. Um, what are some of your favorite like self care activities that you incorporate in your own rituals to help you with some of those things that you can feel like more expressive.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I love, um, I love uni steaming. That's one of my favorite things to do. It's just so relaxing, um, I'm not as good about keeping up with the massage. I'm not sure. I have to work on that with myself and figure out why that is, but I also love to do castor oil packs. Um, there's just so relaxing, um, just can laying you... down with that
0: explain to the people listening that maybe have never heard what a castor oil pack is, like what it does.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So castor oil is, um, it's a, it's an oil that helps us to, it helps the body to uh, move lymph um, and your lymphatic system doesn't really get as much attention, especially when we are sitting down a lot and we don't have a lot of movement in our lives. What, um, the lymph does is it moves out these um, basically it moves out debris and toxins from the body and so it helps to move the lymph and then it also helps to increase circulation it helps to reduce the formation of scar tissue um, it helps for it's really helpful for anyone who has fibroids or endometriosis to get rid of that um, those adhesions or even for people who have cysts. Um, a lot of ovarian cysts and things like that. It's really great for that. And basically what you do is you put some of the oil onto a piece of cloth, put that onto the area that you're working on. For me, it's right on my womb. And um, you put like a layer of, I use just like some parchment paper and then put a hot water bottle on top of that. And that warmth helps to bring the castor oil into your skin and help to get things moving um it's also really great for inflammation and basically to do a castor oil pack you just put the oil on put on the hot water bottle and sit back and relax it's also so you could
0: like <laughs> yeah it's like a nice excuse just to like relax for a while with some like nice heat exactly. on your lower belly which i feel like heat on the lower belly always feels good
1: mm-hmm. it does and um for anyone who has is like poor circulation because of maybe a tipped or tilted uterus it helps to bring circulation back for that as well. It's a nice thing to combine with the uh, uterine massage and getting the uterus back into place and um, getting your circulation going.
0: So for people who bleed, is that something that you can do when you are currently bleeding or is that better to do like either before or after?
1: So you can can do it when you're bleeding, but you don't want to use the hot water. You want to take the heat off. Okay. Um, otherwise you can use it anytime. Okay. Interesting. Very cool.
0: Um, I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Cause so a lot of people that listen to this podcast are loving all the things that we talk about when it comes to health, but a lot of them are also business owners or like side hustlers. And so they love it when we talk about business as well. And one of the reasons why I really like kind of started following you in the first place and found your work so attractive was um, because of your ability to really weave together that um, clinical perspective of healing as well as the spiritual perspective of healing and I just Mm -hmm. thought that maybe you could share with us a little bit of like um, how you do that in your own business because I think it's a little bit different than than the way a lot of people do it Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I actually um, like I love tarot. It's something that I started practicing not that long ago, actually, maybe two years ago. And I actually, when I first started learning about tarot, I started doing readings for my cousins and my family. And I was at a family event, and my dad saw me doing these readings, and he said, You know, my grandma used to do that, and your aunt used to do that too. And I I had no idea, and it was really amazing to find out that these um, women that I've never met before um, were doing these same practices that I had just learned. So I I started connecting with them in my dreams, and ever since then, um, tarot and ancestor work has been a a really big part of my practice and what I do. And it's interesting to share this with people because... I think that, um, that connection between, you know, where, where you come from and your ancestry and also being connected to spiritual guidance is something that people are really open to right now, which I'm absolutely loving. Um, but yeah, tarot is just a really great way to get some spiritual guidance and guidance that you can use not only, um, for business uh, and understanding like how to grow your business and what you should be focusing on, but also um, I it can be helpful for your health and your spiritual health and your emotional well-being and getting getting clues on what your blockages could be or what could be what things you could be doing to help yourself feel better or um finding out if maybe a certain procedure or working with someone is energetically going to be a good match for you or maybe the questions that you should be asking before entering into some kind of relationship like that or doing before going forward with something big it's just a really great way to tap into the spiritual guidance that's already around you and being able to see that reflected in the cards and, and share that with people is really amazing.
0: Yeah, I love tarot as like a way of kind of um, bringing to light things that seem to be not necessarily hidden, but, you know, not as obvious. So it's yeah, like bringing up like, well, what what aren't I seeing right now or like what's missing from this or what do I need to know? Um, exactly yeah other than tarot like what other practices really helped you connect it sounds like you're really connected to your ancestors i mean the fact that you're even drawn to tarot and you didn't know that your ancestors were doing tarot is so awesome and so amazing um but so obviously before you even picked up your tarot deck there must have been other practices that helped you feel really connected Mm -hmm. to your ancestors and i feel like Like you said, um, people right now are feeling more and more open to connecting to their ancestors, especially as there's so much realization out there of all the cultural appropriation that is going on and like you know really connecting to our own ancestry and our own like cultures and like the witchiness and the woo that our own ancestors did is so important so if people out there are mm-hmm. like i really want to connect to my ancestors and i don't even know where to start and maybe they don't have a tarot practice or something like what would you suggest as a good place to start
1: Yeah. So I think dream work is a really great place to start. I actually started working with my ancestors through dreams. Um, and that's something where you can, it's, it's great because you can incorporate herbs and there are herbs like, um, mugwort, um, Tulsi basil. And, um, there are some other herbs that are, that I, I discovered, um, just in my own research into my ancestry, like, uh, there's one called Synaptolepis keirki, and there's an herb called Selene capensis, and these are herbs that have traditionally been used in um, in West Africa and in South Africa to connect to ancestors through dreams. Um, and there are herbs like this in every culture, so it's it's really amazing because every every culture has um, some kind of connection to dreams and connection to ancestors. And what's great about dreams is that we we go to sleep and then and we have all of these filters and limitations that we have in our waking life removed. So then we're able to receive these messages without having, um, without putting our own like lens, our own um, societal lens, the things that we've learned about life and the things that We've learned the way uh, life should be. All of that is gone. So we can receive these messages loud and clear and be able to learn and process. And a really great way to get started is to just maybe add a little bit of mugwort to your tea in the evening um, and, or even just um, some Tulsi basil, which is a really gentle herb that uh, pretty much anyone can use. And... Before you go to sleep, take out a journal and just write, write a letter. Write a letter to an ancestor and um, ask them for some guidance and start working with them in your dreams. And when you wake up, the first thing you do before you do anything, replay that dream in your mind a few times and then write it down. And you'll start to notice patterns and signals and, and symbols in your dreams and yeah it's it's a really great way to start that relationship um and then of course there's other things you can do like setting up an ancestor altar and um making sure you leave offerings for your ancestors and things like that
0: I love that um Tulsi tea is like one of my favorite teas it tastes so good it's such a Mm -hmm. a unique and beautiful flavor and I'm I think what is um important that you said is like I love the idea of like making a cup of tea right before you go to bed and like writing that letter. I think that that part sounds so important because I've always struggled with dream work personally myself, but I also am not going to lie and tell you like the last couple nights, my husband and I have been watching The Punisher, like that TV show mm-hmm. on Netflix that is so incredibly violent. And then the last couple of nights my dreams have been insane and terrible, and I think it's like my body processing all that like violence on TV. And it just is such a reminder for me that it's like, okay, maybe this is not the best TV show for me to watch right before bed. And maybe, you know, setting aside some time to do something a little bit um not necessarily more positive, but something um that feels a little bit more connected to myself before bed because it is important like what we do before bed it really sets the tone for like how we sleep and what happens in our dreams
1: yeah absolutely yeah and then I mean having that time to write and you know establish that relationship it's just really something special and it's a nice way to like um, have your own learn to trust your own spiritual guidance and um, you know I feel like a lot of times when people come to me for readings and things and um, it's great. And I love giving, helping people to um, understand themselves a little bit better and their path a little bit better. But a lot of times I think people feel disconnected from their own power and their own intuition. And this is a nice way to um, have you like start trusting your intuition again.
0: Yes. I think that's huge. That idea that like we, um, So often like people really kind of give away their power and they're like looking for other spiritual advisors to like tell them what to do or tell them like, you know, how to live or what to think and whatnot. And um, I feel like so much of it is really like getting back to the connection of our own truth and our own trust. So I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, before we finish up today, because I don't want to go too long, but I want to hear all about combo and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Feel free to, um, to correct me if I'm not, but it's something that I've been seeing you talk about a little bit more recently in your newsletters and I don't know what it is. So will you share with us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you did pronounce it correctly. Um, combo is, it's a frog poison. And it's from the um, it's from an anim- Amazonian frog, um, tree frog, and this frog has no natural predators um, because of its the poison that it secretes. Um, spider, i um, not spider. Snakes have actually s- swallowed this frog and then they throw it up again because they can't handle the poison. Um, <laughs> That's so, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. So. As a therapy, it is something that's used to help clear panema, which is kind of like a spiritual illness. Um, It's kind of like I would uh, liken it to like kind of having a dark cloud over you. And that dark cloud could stop you from – could create blockages. And um, these kinds of things show up as like maybe not – not seeing opportunities, not taking opportunities or feeling like there's blockages to your health, um, your physical health in some way. And I learned about combo when I was at that point where I had gotten down to two days of pain, but it was still pretty bad. Um, I went to a ayahuasca ceremony and at the end, uh, this medicine man came and spoke to us about about this frog uh, poison. And I, at first I was like, there's no way I'm doing that because <laughs> there's um you know you're you're purging and people's face swell up and they kind of look like a frog and it just looks awful and
0: that sounds terrifying
1: yeah <laughs> but then afterwards i saw these people completely transformed and just feeling so much better and i said okay i can deal with you know 15 minutes of discomfort and I want to see what this will do for me and for me it helped to it helped me to have the strength to keep going um because at the time I would I was experiencing so much pain still even though it was only two days it was so severe I just didn't know how I was going to continue on in this healing process um so it gave me that strength and for a lot of people it helps with um drug addiction. Um, a lot of people that I've met at combo ceremonies are, had Lyme disease and have been able to overcome that. And that's interesting. I would say that it's
0: not. Sorry to, mm-hmm. in, is okay if I interrupt you for a second? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting cause you're talking about like combo being, um, almost like a, like an exorcism of sorts. I mean, I know that that word has a lot of like religious connotation and that's not, really what this is, but um, in Chinese medicine, we believe that Lyme's disease is um, a type of gu disease, like G-U, gu disease, and that Mm -hmm. it is very much like this, um, kind of like a similar thing, like it's like this spiritual disease, so the fact that you're talking about using it for Lyme's disease really has this common thread as the way that Chinese medicine views it as well, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, that is really cool and really interesting Um, but it's definitely, it's, it's both a physical and a spiritual, uh, medicine and it helps to basically detox the body. You have to drink a lot of water before you, um, get the poison applied to your skin. Um, and it's applied through there are little like superficial burn marks that are put onto the skin and then the poison is put on top of that. And then within a minute, you can feel this. Poison, like basically scanning every cell in your body, and then you start purging, um, and it's a huge detox and everything. I mean, a lot of times, what's coming out is like this bright green color, so you know your gallbladder is getting everything out, and everything is just coming out. Um, and then afterwards, for some people, it you're you're fine within like fifteen minutes after it's you know run its course, and other people, um, depending on how much. And how deep your healing had to go, um, you're within 24 hours. You're starting to like really feel recovered and better. But um, yeah, it's it's a great spiritual medicine and it's a great physical medicine also. But I think it's important to know that like I don't know I I. I don't want people to think that it's just a cure-all for everything and it's important to continue doing the other steps like addressing your diet and addressing your spiritual health and addressing your physical health. and. Taking care of yourself in all those ways, and not just expecting one thing to fix everything for you,
0: right? Because that's just swapping out like a miracle pill from Western pharmacology for like a frog venom. Like it's it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Um, Exactly. This sounds super interesting. So I'm just curious, and I'm going to ask you some curiosity questions now. But like, how often is this something that you just do like once in your entire lifetime, or is this something where like any time, you know, maybe like if the disease starts coming back or, you know, how, what's like, how many times have you done it? So, well, I've done it twice. And
1: basically what you're supposed to do is you have three ceremonies within one moon cycle and each ceremony, you go a little deeper and deeper into healing. So like at first it's just getting to know the frog. And then the second one you are the venom goes even deeper and you're clearing out more of like your spiritual illnesses and and something else that's really interesting is that it helps to it really is um a medicine that helps to clear out ancestral trauma um things that have been stored in dna like um i'm reading this book called um what is this book called um it's about it's about how trauma can be imprinted in your DNA. Kind of like epigenetics. Um, so it helps like to clear those things epigenetics. out. Epigenetics? Exactly, epigenetics. Mm-hmm. So it helps to clear those things out. And that third ceremony um, is mm. when you go deeper into, like, your ancestry and clearing those traumas out that don't really belong to you but have been just, you know, laying dormant in your body. Um, and – I would say that you can, you know, there, I plan on, um, maintaining and I would say I would, I'm probably going to do my ceremonies every, um, like equinox or solstice. Um, that way it's just like a, it's kind of like a booster. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a, a spiritual booster and, um, you can do it one, one, you know, one round of ceremonies and, and, work on your own healing from there or um for someone who maybe is a healer and is exposed to a lot of people who are getting unloading and unpacking their their illnesses of whatever kind you maybe want to do um you know keep up with it and maybe do it twice a year um or something like that
0: so is this something that you're gonna start offering in denver as well
1: Yes, it is. I'm really, really excited about it. I'll be in Peru for the month of June um, studying combo and practicing and I'll be going um, deep into the jungle to meet the frogs and working with the mestiz tribesmen there who have been doing this and is in their lineage um, for generations and generations. So I'm really excited to um, to learn from them and to work with them.
0: That's so cool. So interesting. I'm really excited to hear back from you after June is over. Actually, I think that when this podcast airs, you'll probably be in Peru. So it'll be really interesting to follow you along and and to hear all about it when you get back. Um, Where can people find you? I know that you do some events in Denver. I think you're aren't you at ritual craft sometimes teaching or reading tarot or something?
1: Yeah, actually, I do. I read pretty frequently at Ritual Craft, and I teach classes there. Um, I also teach at the Denver Botanic Gardens, um, and I have a really awesome class coming up this summer that's all about herbal baths and um, plant brushings and um, spiritual healing with plants, so I'm really excited about that. Um, But all of that will be on my website, which is moonmedicine.co.
0: Awesome, and you know you should definitely check out Raven's website because, um, unsurprisingly, since you had like a product-based business in the past you do still have somewhat of a product-based business even though you also do services and she's got really cool like offerings like some um flower essence blends that are gorgeous and some really beautiful teas um I got a tea recently and it was really lovely and you have a couple teas that sound really interesting to me because they're based on like tarot cards like don't you have like a ten of wands uh tea <laughs> and stuff like that and th- which sounds so interesting to me like you know creating the- this like physical product Product based out of um like a tarot archetype so i really love that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i love those they're so much fun and it helps people to understand the energy of tarot and make it more relatable to daily life instead of being like just this mystical esoteric thing that maybe they um have a hard time grasping it's like bringing it down to earth like ten of wands is you're working really hard and you're really stressed out and you need to like support your
0: adrenals yeah That's so cool. Awesome. Well, so other than um, checking you out at your website, is there anywhere else that you would like to share where you're at or anything else that you want to leave the listeners with today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm also on Instagram and that's usually where I do most of my social posting, um, Instagram and Facebook, but my handle is Moon Medicines. Um, And also I'm just, I'm really excited to um, share all of this work and, And I hope that people will um, explore the spiritual healing part of um, healing the physical body because they're so, so intertwined. Uh, Yeah, that's about it.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Health Fuels Hustle. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can find them at healthfuelshustle.com or on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more about fueling your hustle, make sure you check out my website at amykoretsky.com. That's where you can find all of my free resources, sign up for my weekly-ish newsletter health notes, and learn more about how you can work with me to help you reach your health goals.